Welcome to the Nun Report, bringing your regular dose of truth, freedom, and weirdness with your host, Dan Nunn. Thanks for tuning in today. It's always a pleasure to jump on and talk about current events and uh, diss on the, the radical extreme commie Democrats every once in a while and you know, bring you today's topics with a little bit of weirdness, a little bit of uh, truth, and I'm going to... Uh, offer a little bit of my opinion because that's what I do. This is an opinion show. Hey, again, thanks for watching. If you're checking me out on Rumble, please hit the little like down at the bottom on the left-hand corner of your screen on the Rumble screen. If you're watching on Rumble, I'd appreciate that. Rumble.com slash the Nun Report. That's where you can see all of my videos and, uh, and more. In fact, I put even more up there. I have a few different channels. Check them all out. Hey, I, I was going to start off... You know, I did. A, I committed almost an entire show earlier this week to the climate hoax and or the climate scam, if you will, that has been ongoing now for my entire life, more than my entire life. In fact, it started before I was born, and they continue to feed the same lines of BS with a different twist, and want money in return, and want control in return, and want to minimize your freedoms and your liberties in return. Because as I said yesterday, every single thing the Democrats do is to increase centralized control and reduce your liberties, period. Everything. It doesn't matter what it is. It doesn't matter the topic. It doesn't. I challenge people, if you know anything that they do that does not include those two things, then you let me know. So far, no one has said anything to me. But uh, Biden went up today and he, he talked about the climate, and so I'm going to have to just respond to that a, a little bit today. And I will. Transports and youth, there's hearings going on in Congress, as there always are today. They were talking a little bit about uh, you know transports and, and dudes pretending to be women competing in, in, uh, in athletics as a woman, uh, particularly when it comes to scholastic sports. We're going to Touch on that a little bit. The disastrous withdrawal from Afghanistan, that's also being discussed. And we know, we know there was no plan. There never was a plan. They, the only plan they had was we need to be out by this certain date because it sounds good politically. Let's get out of there before 9-11. That was their only plan. And because of it, people died. And, uh, and the Biden watch still has still has to to take ownership of it the hunter indictment of or the hunter <laughs> the hunter uh, debacle that happened yesterday of course so what's going to come next look for a indictment on Donald Trump very quickly now that hunter is under the microscope again for legal issues they will want to distract from that and get your focus back on Trump and his legal issues that they are creating out of thin air for him, so I look for an indictment. Uh, probably this one will come from the Department of Justice. It's going to come regarding the January sixth uh, fiasco, and eventually the Georgia indictment may or may not come. It, it's moved out of Atlanta now, so who knows? Maybe we'll get a judge with some common sense, and that one will just go away. But I wouldn't count on it. I wouldn't count on it. The, these people, they are mean and nasty. Um, Facebook, of course, their collusion. More documents have come out. Jim Jordan dropped a big thread. He's gotten out on on top of it, and in their own communications, that that Facebook, under pressure of being in contempt of Congress, finally provided these communications, and they are scathing. They show direct direct communications between the Biden administration and Facebook on how to censor anything they deem to be misinformation regarding COVID. Basically, your freedom of speech no longer exists if we determine that it's misinformation. Who decides? The, the, the problem with that is, oh, well, people say, well, it's for safety, it's for people's safety, and blah, blah, blah. Look, the problem with misinformation is, is who defines misinformation? Who defines what's true and what's not? Well, it should be up to the individual to define what's true and what's not. Not in their case, though because they want to have complete control of everything. But before we get started on any of this, I'm going to start off with a little personal rant. Uh, I, got a, I got a pretty high bill here um, that I wasn't expecting, and it's for health insurance. And we're going to, wait a minute, Dan, what do you mean health insurance? You, you, you pay that every month, right? Well, yes, I do. And at the beginning of the year, when you enroll uh, in, in the Obamacare, the great Obamacare that was supposed to save health insurance, make it less expensive, more affordable, expand coverage. You can keep your doctor. I've gone through about 10 
doctors because I can't keep my doctor. I have to go to whoever the hell my insurance company says I can go to or they won't cover it. Keep your doctor. What a load of shit that was. So I got a bill and it was a lot. That basically doubled my health insurance costs. See, when you enroll each year, because you have to do it each freaking year, you have to choose a plan every single year, and it changes every year. <sighs> what a pain in the ass. And you get, you estimate what your income is going to be, and then, and then, uh, that they base your, what your premium is going to be based, you know, what your tax credit is going to be off of that. Number one, they put the IRS in charge of enforcement for the health insurance scam. Imagine that. Yeah, it's you can trust us. <laughs> We're not after your money at all. And so I underestimated my income. I, I, I am thankful that I made more than I estimated, but it wasn't, I didn't really make more. And I'm going to explain why here really quick. A lot of people, I'm going to try to do this quickly because a lot of people don't get this. Small businesses across this country, many, many small businesses across this country that become LLCs, Okay. And not, we're not talking the Hunter Biden LLCs that are just shell corporations for laundering cash. We're talking in payments from foreign governments. We're talking about true LLCs, construction companies, stores, uh, you know, <laughs> laundromats, you name it. I mean, th this is, um, you know, nail salons, beauty salons, whatever. So there's a tax strategy that's involved when you have a, a small business like that where you can file as a subchapter S corporation. And the reason you do that is, and, and then what happens with that is any money that's left in the company, any profit on the books in the company at the end of the year is flopped over to your personal income tax side and taxed at the personal income tax rate. The reason you do that is because that is a lower tax rate than what the corporate tax rate is. So it, it's, a, it's a very well-known, very often used strategy, tax strategy to simply reduce your tax burden like everybody tries to do every single year. Rich and poor alike, we all try to reduce our tax burden based on the current tax code and laws that are available to us at that time. And we utilize the deductions and the rates and everything that we can. You'd be foolish not to, right? After all, it's our money, even though the government thinks it's theirs. Here's the scam. When they're determining what your tax credit will be for health insurance, they count all gross income. And for a small business person, on my individual tax return, as a person, as an American citizen, not business, my personal return, that includes all of my wages, all of my sub S corporation income, which again is, this is business income. It has not been realized. It has not come into my personal account. I don't have access to the cash. It's not mine. It's in the company. And rental payments and all of that. So that's how they determine it. The small business person is getting screwed on this every which way from Sunday. And, and I can't even tell you how much it infuriates, infuriates me. It's, uh, it's not right. And it's something that should have been fixed a long time ago. How are you liking your Obamacare, by the way? We could reduce costs simply by allowing competition to cross state lines and get rid of all the bullshit that the state that the federal government requires health insurance companies to cover because they decided to, like gender transitioning and birth control and all this other crap that has no business being. Why do I have to pay? And by the way, just someone can't uh, do a whole thing on healthcare soon. I'm going to get going. I'm going on eight minutes now, and I'm still talking about this. I planned on three minutes for this. But, you know, it just cost me a pretty penny that's going to the government for crap. You know, a big chunk of it went to the, to the health insurance scam as well and big health care and big pharma. This has got to be fixed. I think everybody was way better off before Obamacare. Obamacare destroyed the United States health care system by getting rid of the free market and putting everything under government control and providing freebies to those who don't want to have insurance or can't afford to have insurance, you just ruined it for everybody else. Hopefully, one of these days, we wake up. Biden was, Biden was on a roll today, man. They pumped him full of some good drugs. He was kind of coherent, even though I didn't agree with a single thing he said. 
but he talked about this was the this was the topic protecting communities from extreme heat it's the middle of the summer <laughs> yes it's hot it's 90 degrees in dc a couple of days ago oh my god it's a heat wave Texas is 100. You know what? This is not unusual. These aren't record-setting temperatures. Unlike Jalapal, who said we're set records for the of the highest temperature in 120,000 years. 120,000 years. I didn't realize we'd been keeping record on temperature for that long. But apparently, we're in the middle of a massive, massive heat wave, and we must address this. We must address this climate catastrophe. And Biden's going to do it. He's just the guy to do it. Good afternoon. <clears throat> We're here today with the mayors of Phoenix and San Antonio and senior members of my administration to talk about the existential threat of climate change. And it is a threat. The only thing that's a threat is you, okay? To the United States of America, to the public. You know, they they always have to have a boogeyman. COVID's over. So now we're going to move on to the climate. And guess what? COVID was a precursor. Maybe for another pandemic, yes. But a precursor on just how radical they could get with controlling what we can do, what we can have, where we can go, when we can go there, who we can go there with, and how we get there based on the climate. See, the climate is an existential threat to to humanity worldwide. Therefore, we must tell you what you can, cannot have, how you're going to do it, where you're going to go, who you're going to do it with, how you're going to get there. And as I said on Seinfeld, yada, yada, yada. Well, I'll tell you what, you guys can piss right off. We need, (laughs) this is, this is, uh, this is getting, this is all, again, what I said, this is all about government control. He said this too. Who honestly believes climate change is not a serious. All right. I don't believe climate change is a serious problem. And even if I did, even if the climate was changing so radically that mankind was at risk, it's not anything we can control. Sure, we may contribute just just a tiny bit to any sort of climate change, which changes all the time, by the way. Fall is coming up. The climate's gonna change big time. How arrogant to think that if we just take enough money from people, if we just institute enough regulation that destroys businesses, we're going to change the weather. <laughs> we're God. Yeah, we're God. We can, make, we can make girls out of boys and boys out of girls. We can make test tube babies. We can change the damn weather. We are God, thinks the extreme commie Democrat. I'll play some of this clip. I'm announcing additional steps to help states and cities deal with the consequences of extreme heat. First, I've asked Acting Labor Secretary Julie Sue to issue a heat hazard alert. <laughs> it clarifies that workers have a federal heat-related have federal heat-related protections. We should be protecting workers from hazardous conditions, and we will. And those states where they do not, I'm going to be calling them out where they refuse to protect these workers. All right, what he's talking about is <laughs> heat hazard alert. Whoop, whoop, whoop. Here it goes. Here it goes. This is the precursor. Mark my words. This is where they start taking away more liberties. This is where they start centralizing the control in the federal government. Heat hazard alert. And now they're going to come out with mandates that states and employers have to follow nationally. The the pretense he's using here is that employers are driving their workers like slaves and not allowing them to drink water as they work in 150 degree temperatures. Bullshit. I own a construction company. Okay? If it's too hot, we take measures. We take breaks. We drink water. We have a, <laughs> we have a hydration plan, a written hydration plan. And he goes up there and talks like, oh, all these companies are making their workers work in extreme heat, not giving them water breaks. Can you imagine? Fear, fear, fear. 
FFU. That's what I say. Check this out. Here's what he's talking about. For example, the idea that uh, you can't have mandatory water breaks when you're working on a construction. Hell, when I played football, if, if, if you had a coach who during the spring, uh, during the summer practice, didn't. Why do they need to be mandatory? Hmm? Why does the federal government need to mandate to a little old company in Marysville, Washington? <laughs> how much water they need to give to their employees? You watch. If they had their way, and in fact, this won't surprise me. If the if a proposal comes out, you know what? Federal law, if it's over 80 degrees, you're not allowed to work outside. And he goes on to talk in that about, especially people who work in the fields and on the farms. Oh, the people who provide our food? We've been getting by just fine for generations and generations. You know what? People drink when they're thirsty. They hydrate when they need to. We're not stupid. We're not, you don't need to be a parent to us. You don't need to tell us what to do and how to do it and when to do it. You don't need to hold our hand. You don't need to try to scare us into doing whatever it is you want to do under threat of penalty. We're grown, free, sentient beings created by God on this earth who are perfectly capable of thinking for ourselves. Thank you very much. The last thing I need is some deadering old man back there in Washington, D.C. who can't even complete a coherent thought telling me what to do. Tired of it. But that's a climate scam. But I'm telling you, humans cannot control the weather. Anyone who thinks they are is, oh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Check this one out. I got a couple more clips from this series. Well, it's not going to alleviate it right, the heat problem right now. But we also have a number of programs to do everything from uh, allow people to have the ability. Okay, I'm going to, I meant to pause it right there. Ended up, ended up shooting it completely off the screen. I think I hit my mouse pad and it went boop. We're going to allow people. You see, that's very telling. And, and I wanted to stop it there. In fact, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pull that video up again. Well, it's not going to alleviate it right, the heat problem right now. But we also have a number of programs to do everything from uh, allow people to have the ability you see what they did there? They're going to allow people. That's, that was the slip. That's how the extreme commie Democrats think. They control you and what you can do. And the only reason you can do some things is because they allow you to. That's how they approach every single idea and policy and concept that they put out there. Is that they are allowing you. They're protecting you. They're nurturing you. They love you even. Anybody believe that? Anybody? I don't know why that full clip is not playing. I'm going to try it one more time because there was some other good stuff in there. Let's try it again. Well, it's not going to alleviate it right, the heat problem right now. But we also have a number of programs to do everything from uh, allow people to have the ability. Okay, I guess it's not going to happen. All right, so what... What he went on to say was it's going to allow people to have the ability to uh, paint their roofs white. <laughs> so and it's going to allow people the ability to, you know, plant more trees 
which I, I, I agree with planting trees, by the way. I'm not against trees. I love trees. I just don't like the government telling me that I have to plant them. See the difference? But anyway, they're talking about painting roofs white and getting better windows to keep the AC contained in your house, you know, more energy efficient stuff and how the government has a program for all of this that millions of people across this country are taking advantage of. We're going to paint all of our roofs white and deflect the heat. <laughs> I've got a friend who lives in Saudi Arabia. He's, uh, he's an aircraft mechanic. And... Man, I, 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 should, I should almost have him on the show someday, but um, of course he's, he could only talk about so much because of the restrictions they have over there and whatnot. But uh, he tells me some things, but they live, you want to talk heat, man. Try go living in Saudi Arabia for a while. Damn. We think, they think that they're having a heat wave in Washington, D.C. Good grief. Next up, we have this. For example, we should... Uh, and the international effort, we've, we've got a commitment to, you know, plant a billion trees over the next several years worldwide. I mean, there's a reason why. Anyway, you guys get it. And, uh, but we got to get through this crisis in the, in the near term, and we got to pre- keep people safe. And I really appreciate Keep people safe. Got to, all right, get through this crisis. Keep people safe. Sound familiar? Does it? Because we just did this shit three years ago. One crisis after another. There is no freaking environmental crisis. The short term, what are you going to do short term, Joe, to lower the temperature? Tell me, what are you going to do to lower the temperature right now? Like next week, is it going to be cooler? Are you going to get us through the crisis in your in your term, which is only a year or so left? But in the short term, we have to do this. Get through this crisis. Yeah. These are designed psyops against the American public to make you fearful, to make you dependent on the government, to harness more control within the federal government and take away control and liberty from the American people. And the climate crisis is the next hairbringer. It's it's the one, this is the big one. Because you can't deny the climate changes. Of course, it changes all the time. Man, we're, we're still coming out of a mini ice age. Of course, it's getting freaking warmer. Ran from about uh, 1350 to, to 1850 or so. And the temperature, by the way, overall is still lower than it has been every single time this cycle happens throughout history. What we're experiencing right now is nothing new. It's normal. What's new is mankind has reached the point where they think they're smart enough and have the ability to affect and change the weather. But it's even worse than that because while some may believe that people like Biden and those who are trying to dictate policy, they know that's utter bullshit, but they know they can control. They can bring in more power and more. These people are like, they're like drunk, man. They, they're like, they need their next fix. These guys are like addicts. And their drug is power. It's not power for the people. It's power for themselves. (laughs) Right? But I think the people watching this show get that. I think you get that. He finished up with this. Not a single Republican voted, voted for the Inflation Reduction Act, which had all this money in it for climate which provides funding to, to combat climate change. The Inflation Reduction Act, which had all this money in it for climate. That's all it was. And it, had, it didn't do jack shit. Didn't do nothing. Except waste money that we're going to be paying for 
that's going to increase the debt, not decrease it, like he says. Oh, it's going to start to decrease at 10 years from now. When you're dead, so what does it matter what you say now? <laughs> You'll be dead. Karine Jean-Pierre, of course, in her bright yellow dress, she had to come, your favorite press secretary of mine, Karine Jean-Pierre, she had to come in and uh, defend and mop How up. How do we move forward as climate change is, is taking over every part of our lives? Oh. They're hysterical. Do you, how, how can we move forward when climate change is taking over every part of our lives? Do they even listen to themselves? Does anybody believe this shit? Anybody? I know I don't, especially when it's coming from them. Climate change is affecting every part of our lives. No, no, no. He just talked about, as you mentioned, uh, the extreme heat and how climate is very real. Uh, climate change is very real. <laughs> First, she, you see how she fucked up? Excuse me. Sorry, I'll take that back. See, see how she bleeped up? I'm trying not to do that on the show because I, mean, I could say the S word, but eh, the F word, I don't know. Preform Fridays, maybe, something like that. Bonchino does that. I like it. Um, but today's Thursday. So anyway, um, see how she messed up, though? She said, the climate changes. L let's play that again so I don't misquote. Check it out. We, he just talked about, as you mentioned, uh, the extreme heat and how climate is very real. Uh, climate change is very real. She, climate is <laughs> Climate is very real. Yes. Oh, climate change is real. Well, I forgot to put that word in there. Yeah, the climate is real. You're right, Corinne. The climate is real. The climate exists. It's around us all the time. We live in it. We're part of it. God, what a tool. In 2020, and this is what I've been saying, COVID was a precursor. COVID was a practice run. The real control begins when they convince the world that we're all going to die and that we're beyond recovery for survival as a planet if we don't let governments do whatever they need to do for our best interest to save us in the name of climate change. Justin Trudeau had this to say. My friends, this pandemic reminds Comrades, us what we can achieve through collaboration. We came together countries, communities, and neighbors to work for our collective safety and well-being. That's a lesson we need to apply to the climate crisis. Any failure to act immediately and decisively will only make the costs of these crises higher and worse over time. But this global pandemic has also created an opportunity to build back better, and climate action is an essential part. You see what he's doing there? What we did during COVID, the lockdowns we did, the measures we took to keep you safe, we need to apply to the climate crisis. And we can take these lessons and we can learn from them and we can make things better going forward as we address. God, I, I could do this job. I could do that job. I could do that job. If I were a lying sack of shit that didn't mind misleading people constantly and telling them lies that I knew were lies just to increase my own wealth and power, then I could do that job. But I'm not that guy. I'm also not a Canadian. So I guess I, I'm not qualified for that job after all. But if I were that kind of person and if I were a Canadian, I could do that job just as good. Maybe even better. Maybe even better. Finally, just a, as far as the questions about the president's health, I think that would be all cleared up if, once again, if we could just ask him to step out of that door into this into this room for 45 minutes. And so I ask you again to pass that along to him, to ask him to come out and see us. I appreciate the request. Thank you for the request. Uh, the president, as you know... Um, Listen to the stutter. Uh, Listen, she's trying to think you know, of what to say. Again, I, I appreciate the question, and I get yeah. it. 
and the president understands. She's digging through her mind. Uh, you guys want to ask him questions and have the opportunity uh, for him to answer your questions. I do want to say uh, this is a president that has done more um, in the first two years, two and a half years, when it comes to the economy, when it comes to uh, really giving the American people a little bit of breathing room than any other president. All you get... How's that breathing room? How's how's those gas prices? Hey, how's those grocery prices, man? How's that? How's your health insurance premium doing? How's that breathing room feel? But notice how the question was, hey, we want to, can the president come in here for a briefing and a press conference? And she has no idea how to respond to that. And so she just pivots into a talking point of, hey, I want to remind everybody that the, the president has done more for our economy than any other president in history. He's done more to the economy. I would agree with her if she would just change that word. He hasn't done more for the economy. He's done more to the economy than any other president. That one I would buy. I'd buy that one. We're going to move on to our next topic here. We're going to, uh, you know, having uh, dudes pretending to be women competing in sports is, is a big deal right now. You have people in Congress who are, saying that, oh, no, and, and people testifying, that was perfectly safe. You know, taking hormone blockers and, and doing uh, un, uh, unalterable, life-changing surgeries as a as a youth is, is perfectly normal. In fact, it's healthy and safe. Access to gender-affirming care is essential to the mental health and well-being of trans youth. This care is tailored to both the mental and physical health needs of patients, as well as their developmental stage in life. The fact is, they will have, there are studies, I'm not just saying this, they have more mental health issues after transitioning than before. There's a higher rate of suicide after transitioning than before. And unlike what this woman said, that it's critical for their physical health, these people will be patients of one doctor or another because of the physical alterations that they have made for the remainder of their lifetime. They are lifetime patients because they tried to play God with their bodies. How anybody can get up there and say that it's perfectly, it's, it's, it's critical for their mental and their physical health. I, I'm sorry, BS. That's just not true. It's not true. It's horribly destructive, not just to them, but to those around them. The real issue is not getting addressed. And that is that there is a mental health issue going on with this person. It has nothing to do with being the wrong gender. And that's not going to fix it. The grass, the proverbial grass, is not greener on the other side. But that's what they will have you believe. And that's what they're teaching your children. That's what they're teaching the children, the future generations of this country, the ones who have to run the country, the ones who have to keep America great, the ones who have to keep us on top of the world. The ones who have to take care of us when we're old. That's where they're being taught. This woman had a powerful testimony. Well, I'll let you decide. My name is Chloe Cole, and I am a detransitioner. Another way to put that would be, I used to believe that I was born the wrong body, and the adults in my life, whom I trusted, affirmed my belief, and this caused me lifelong irreversible harm. I speak to you today as a victim of one of the biggest medical scandals in the history of the United States of America. I speak to you in the hope that you will have the courage to bring the scandal to an end and ensure that other vulnerable teenagers, children, and young adults don't go through what I went through. At the age of 12, I began to experience what my medical team would later diagnose as gender dysphoria. I was well into an early puberty and I was very uncomfortable with the changes that were happening to my body. I was, I was intimidated by male attention, and when I told my parents that I felt like a boy, in retrospect, all I meant was that I hated puberty, 
that I wanted this newfound sexual tension to go away, that I looked up to my brothers a little bit more than I did to my sisters. I came out as transgender in a letter I sent on the dining room table. My parents were immediately concerned. They felt like they needed to get outside help from medical professionals, but this proved to be a mistake. It immediately set our entire family down a path of ideologically motivated deceit and coercion. The gender specialist I was taken to, taken to see told my parents that I needed to be put on puberty-blocking drugs right away. They asked my parents a simple question. Would you rather have a dead daughter or a living transgender son? The choice was enough for my parents to let their guard down, and in retrospect, I can't blame them. This was the moment that we all became victims of so-called gender-affirming care. I was fast-tracked onto puberty blockers and then testosterone. The resulting menopausal-like hot flashes made focusing on school impossible. I still get joint pains and weird pops in my back, but they were far worse when I was on the blockers. A month later, when I was 13, I had my first testosterone injection. It's caused permanent changes to my body. My voice will forever be deeper, my jawline sharper, my nose longer, my bone structure permanently masculinized, my Adam's apple more prominent, my fertility unknown. I look in the mirror sometimes and I feel like a monster. <gasps> I had a double mastectomy at 15. They tested my amputated breast for cancer. Now it's cancer free, of course. I was perfectly healthy. There was nothing wrong with my still developing body or my breasts, other than that, as an insecure teenage girl, I felt awkward about it. After my breasts were taken away from me, the tissue was incinerated. Before I was able to legally drive, I had, part, I had a huge part of my future womanhood taken from me. I will never be able to breastfeed. I struggle to look at myself in the mirror at times. I, I, still, I still struggle to this day with sexual dysfunction. And I have massive scars across my chest. And the skin grafts that they use, that they took of my nipples, are weeping fluid today. And they were grafted into a more masculine positioning, they said. After surgery, my grades in school plummeted. Everything that I went through did nothing to address my underlying mental health issues that I had. And my doctors, with their theories on gender, thought that all my problems would go away as soon as I was surgically transformed into something that vaguely resembled a boy. Their theories were wrong. The drugs and surgeries changed my body, but they did not and could not change the basic reality that I am and forever will be a female. When my specialist first told my parents that they could have a dead daughter or a live transgender son, I wasn't suicidal. I was a happy child who struggled because she was different. However, at 16, after my surgery, I did become suicidal. I'm doing better now. But my parents almost got the dead daughter promised to them by my doctors. My doctors had almost created the very nightmare they said they were trying to avoid. So what message do I want to bring to American teenagers and their families? I didn't need to be lied to. I needed compassion. I needed to be loved. I needed to be given therapy to help me work through my issues, not affirm to my delusion that by transforming into a boy, it would solve all my problems. We need to stop telling 12-year-olds that they were born wrong that they are right to reject their own bodies and feel uncomfortable with their own skin. We need to stop telling children that puberty is an option, that they can choose what kind of puberty they will go through, just so they can choose what clothes to wear or what music to listen to. Puberty is a rite of passage to adulthood, not a disease to be mitigated. Today, I should be at home with my family celebrating my 19th birthday, and instead I'm making a desperate plea to my elected, re my elected representatives learn the lessons from other medical scandals like the opioid crisis, to recognize that doctors are human too, and sometimes they are wrong. My childhood was ruined along with thousands of detransitioners that I know through our networks. This needs to stop. You alone can stop it. Enough children have already been victimized by this barbaric pseudoscience. Please let me be your final warning. Thank Okay. Catch your breath there. Um, I almost feel like stopping the show right there. You know, and this is not the first story of, of her kind. 
In fact, it's very common. A few of them get a platform to tell it. But it's a very common story. And um, one of these days, uh, I may share something from a personal perspective. Um, once I, you know, if I, if I ever get, uh, I wouldn't just do it. I would need to make sure it was okay with the other person. But one of these days, I may share something. But this, clip, this, hits, uh, this hits close to home. And um, I hope that you take into account that, you know, man, talk to your friends about this. Show them this video that I just shared with you. I'll put the individual clip up on my um, socials so that you can rip it if you want and share it around without having to share the entire show. But um, what what developing, you know, preteen doesn't hate puberty? Who isn't confused by puberty? Girls and boys. Probably girls more so than boys. But she hit the nail on the head. Going through puberty is a rite of passage. How dare the so-called medical community, medical professionals who swore an oath decide that, oh no, you know what? We can just, we can just skip puberty. We'll just put these hormone blockers in and until you're 17, 18, 19 years old and then you'll completely have missed a huge part of what makes humans humans, a huge part of what helps us develop mentally and physically into functional, responsive, healthy, healthy in every sense of the term, mentally, physically, sexually, intimately. That trust relationship between the medical community and those that family, those parents, that that young daughter was grossly, grossly violated. And if that doesn't tug on your heartstrings a little bit, you know, there's there's something going on with you that you maybe ought to take a look at. Regarding women's sports, um, the testimony went like this, and I and I the the point is he basically destroys himself. He makes and, and the oh by the, the the young lady the young woman she totally totally destroys Cohen because um, he outed himself. He basically made her argument for her. Didn't even know it. Didn't even know it. So check this out. This is great. I read Ms. Scanlon's testimony. I wasn't here to hear it, and I think Penn didn't deal with your situation like they could have and should have in putting up some type of different barriers in, 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 the, in, the, in, the, in the women's area of, of the locker room. Ms. Scanlon, we just heard my Democrat colleague, Mr. Cohen, say that your circumstance could have been fully resolved if we'd have just had some barriers up in the, sh in the women's showers. Do, do you think that that's a sufficient way to resolve what we're dealing with here? I think by um, Representative Cohen admitting that we need barriers acknowledges there are biological differences between men and women. And by acknowledging that we need to have private spaces that are separate from each other, why can't we just use the locker rooms that we've always used, the men's and the women's? If you're acknowledging that we need protection and privacy from these men, then you're acknowledging that the locker rooms we've always used are the correct ones. <laughs> Bam! Who's going to do the dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun? And then they put the shades on her. Destroyed him. Yeah, maybe we'll just, we'll just, you know what, we'll just put barriers between the men and women in the women's locker room so the women don't feel uncomfortable. How about we just keep the men out of the damn girls' locker room? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
I don't understand the reasoning of these people. Mr. Poopy Pants, he has something to say, too. But the facts do not justify the fears that Republicans and their political allies gin up over the fairness of trans girls participating in girls' athletic teams, nor the further stigma it attaches to transgender children. Coming from a guy who could probably never beat a woman in any sport at any time in his entire life. Of course he feels that way. There's no problem with with guys competing against girls. Because that's the only way he could probably have ever... He's wishing, man, I wish I could have done this. When I was young, I might have actually... <laughs> might have actually been able to win something once in a while. <laughs> Cheap shot, I know. But I took it. I took it. Anyway, there's a couple of other things that went along. I'm not going to be able to get to the last topic. Uh, I That's unfortunate because I, I did want to talk about the Facebook censorship... Uh, in short, a lot of new documents are out. Uh, Jim Jordan dropped a thread on Twitter. If you want to check it out, I will also post the thread, uh, cross post it onto my Facebook where I have, I think we're, we just crossed 26,000 followers on Facebook, man. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Um, yesterday we saw where Mitch McConnell basically froze. I mean, I don't know if that was a, if he had a, little mini stroke right there on camera or if it was just a um it was weird and i showed the video on the show he just right in the introduction of his of his address to the media he just froze for 18 seconds he wasn't looking to collect his thoughts he was not there and um he had to be helped away from the podium he later came back came back and said that he was okay but obviously he's not. I mean, things like that don't happen to normal, healthy people, okay? He's old. Look, um, uh, uh, the, uh, I watch Ungoverned, Sean Farish, you know, and, and I watch him, his show once in a while. I consider him a friend. He brought up the point that, look, Mitch McConnell has done some good things, yes. He's, I mean, if it weren't for Mitch McConnell, um, you know, Merrick Garland might be, on the Supreme Court for the rest of his life. And that's a scary thought, right? I mean, you think he's uh, bad running the Department of Justice. At least we know that's a temporary thing and he's going to go away. Imagine if he were on the Supreme Court for the rest of his life. Mitch McConnell is responsible for stopping that confirmation. He's also responsible for confirming dozens of federal judges throughout multiple presidencies, conservative judges, and, uh, and he's written some good legislation in his career, too. Do I like him? No. Do I think that he represents the people right now, today? No. Um, but that doesn't diminish the things that he's done throughout his career. And thank you for your service very much. But it's time to go. It's time to hang it up. It's time to move on to what's left of your life in another phase. Because your public service is over because you're no longer serving. If you're, if you're still there in the capacity that you are, it's not to serve the public, it's to serve yourself. And I got a problem with that. They roll these people up because they're so, those Senate seats, there's only a hundred of them. They're super valuable. They refuse to give them up. And, um, They'll roll them up, right? Into, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if people start coming in in caskets, you know, right? Right? They'll just start having the funeral funerals right there on the Senate floor. Feinstein's another example. This was, check this Senator out. Senator Feinstein. Um, say aye. Pardon me? Aye. Yeah. Uh, to say. I, I would like to support a yes vote on this. Um, it provides $823 billion. That's an increase of $26 billion for the Department of Defense. And it funds priorities submitted. Yeah, just say aye. Okay, just aye. <laughs> Several times, even at the beginning of that, if you rerun it, um, that her aides are saying, just say I, just say I. This was not the debate portion. That was done. The debate portion was over. This was, they were calling for a vote. 
And she goes into her talking points rather than just giving her vote yay or nay. Her aides had to prompt her to say aye. Again, <sighs> Senator Feinstein, I don't agree with a single thing you've ever done in your entire career. But I know that for much of it, you were probably doing it for what you thought was best and that you, you served this country for a very long time. That time has come to an end. It's time for you to hang it up and go. There needs to be some sort of cognitive test. I don't know how, I don't know what the answer is. I don't know how you, I mean, well, it's, it's by having a, a better educated populace who will vote people, uh, who, who will not continue to vote people in like that, who are, who are mentally diminished and compromised. But we saw what happened, 2020, man, we got Joe Biden. Swiss cheese for brains himself. Somehow that happened. I would like to think that we're smarter than that, but sometimes I wonder. <laughs> I really do. Anyway, hey, thanks for watching today. If you've just been listening on the radio or one of the podcast channels, make sure to check me out at rumble.com slash the nun report. You can see all of my videos there. If you are watching this video on Rumble, please hit the like button in the bottom left-hand corner. That's called a rumble, and it helps get me more generic exposure. It helps advance the cause of conservatism because I believe, I'm a believer that we should all support each other and that the more we get out there, the more we cross post, the more we share, share this video with your friends, share this video on your socials, get people to sign up for Rumble. I mean, this sort of stuff all helps build the cause, it builds momentum, and it unites us into a single purpose, which is putting America first. Always, okay? Um, I'm also on all the socials at The Nun Report, except for TikTok, because I don't do that commie BS, and Twitter, because I couldn't get the, so on Twitter, I'm just at Nun Report. Please follow me there. Go to my website, thenunreport.com. You can click into everything, one spot, one shot, easy peasy. Anyway, hey, thanks again for watching. And as always, until next time, may the odds be ever in your favor. Cheers.